Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. We all have expectations. Expectations are how we hope and anticipate life will be. That's what an expectation is. How we hope and anticipate that life will be. So we all have them. When I went to bed this last night, I expected to wake up this morning in the sunlight an hour earlier than I probably wanted to, but hey, that's another story. Driving to the hall this morning, I expected other cars to stop at red lights, though in Birmingham, that can never be something you can take for granted. Today is Mother's Day, and no doubt you came to the meeting expecting there to be flowers to be given out, expecting there to be a time when we were able to express our thanksgiving to people who have been an influence in our lives. We all have expectations. I come to the meeting and I expect Claire to do crazy YB stories. We all have expectations. It's interesting that in life, as we go through, that things happen that we we don't expect. Have you ever mistook somebody for being the wrong person? It's quite embarrassing, isn't it? I've been in the middle of uh, the, the Grand Central or somewhere, and I've been with the family, and I've been chatting away to Claire, and I've turned around to look at something, and I've expected to turn back around, carry on my conversation, and I find myself talking to somebody who is not my wife. That's embarrassing. It's even more embarrassing, and, and thankfully I've never done it, to reach out, if I'd have actually reached out and put my arm around, oh, no, no, don't bear thinking about But actually, sometimes we do mistake others for being the wrong person. I often think when I read the Bible and read the New Testament Gospels, people regularly misunderstood or mistook Jesus for who he was. To the people in his hometown of Nazareth, he was just the carpenter's son. The boy who lived down the road. The boy who we've seen growing up and who's now taken over Joseph's business. To others, he was a rabbi. To others, a prophet. To others, a miracle worker. To others, a trouble causer or a heretic. And I get it. I understand why people couldn't quite understand who Jesus was. Jesus was so different in their midst that it was very difficult at times to try and work out this man was the Messiah. But there's one person in the whole of Scripture who surprisingly seems to question his identity. And that's who we read about here in Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist. John sends a message from his prison cell 
asking, are you the one who we thought was coming, the Messiah, or, or is there another one? There seems to be a bit of doubt in John's mind here. John and Jesus were actually cousins. We remember from the, the Christmas narrative, even in the womb, they had some kind of connection. The baby jumps and things like that. John had been sent by divine appointment to prepare for Jesus' coming. We read all about that in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew records, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judah, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John was a, a fire and brimstone man. He'd been purposely asked by God, sent by God, to prepare the way for Jesus' coming. You would have thought, of all people, John the Baptist would have known Jesus for who he really was. So why is he sending this message? Are you the one who's to come, or shall we expect another? Really? Really, you don't know John? John's in prison here in Matthew chapter 11. He's been put there by Herod the Tetrarch because of his outspoken comments he was making about Herod's relationship with his brother's wife. And here in the loneliness of the prison cell, suddenly John has a moment of doubt. He loses heart. He almost has a crisis of faith. Luke chapter 4 records the story where Jesus in the temple is asked to, to, to speak and he, he asked to take the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. He went up to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. In the loneliness of his prison cell, John was far removed from freedom from prisoners. To proclaim freedom for prisoners seems a little hard for John to take if Jesus had come to bring freedom for captives why was he languishing in a prison cell I'm not surprised why John was feeling like this I've never been in prison I can't really imagine what it must be like behind a locked door with just your own thoughts and emotions I'm guessing if there's ever a place to have doubts about your own ministry or the ministry of Jesus, it would be from a prison cell. And therefore John has these doubts and he sends word back to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? See, John couldn't correlate what the Jesus that he was seeing and hearing about with the Jesus that he was expecting. This wasn't what he expected Jesus to be. And so he says, are you actually the one or should we expect somebody else? 
I think it helps us if we look at the way that John was. John was a no-nonsense preacher. There was nothing kind or in any way sort of like peaceful about John's preaching. John was fire and brimstone. Wham. Judgment. That's what it was. Jesus' ministry didn't have this element. Jesus instead centered on acts of grace and mercy. Jesus was spending time with sinners. Jesus was talking about forgiveness. This wasn't the deliverance John was expecting. John was expecting Jesus to come like him, to be fire and brimstone, but he wasn't. Well, whatever John's expectations were, Jesus seems to have failed to meet them. He just couldn't give up his perceived hopes of what he anticipated the life of the Messiah to be. Some could argue that John's expectations of the Messiah are too narrow. His vision of the kingdom of God is too small. But what we can't escape is the fact that he's now trapped by these expectations. Michael Marsh says this, and I love this quotation. We imprison ourselves with a view of God, the kingdom, the world, and our own lives that is too small, too narrow. We try to confine God's work and life to our expectations, but that is not who God is or how God acts. We do, don't we? We try and confine God down to a very narrow picture of who he is that's in line with our own expectations. I wonder just for a moment, just think for it, what are your expectations of Jesus? Do you have any? What are your expectations for life? When we find ourselves disappointed with the things that happen in life, often it's because we had in our mind an expectation of what life ought to be. And when it doesn't happen, we get disappointed. And I think this is exactly the same with our expectations of God. We have in our mind an expectation of what God God should be doing, what God is to be to us. And like John... We get disappointed. Our expectations of God fail us. Not God failing us. God doesn't fail us. But our expectations of him fail us. You see, the trouble with expectations is they pull us out of the present moment into a future that we've not yet experienced. All it does is exist in our head. Our expectations confuse us into thinking our actions will result in more than they actually do. And our expectations get the better of us when we expect more than what is realistic in a given situation. We do it all the time in this country with sports. Despite all the evidence, any time something big sporting event happens, we believe we can win it. We haven't won it for 40 years, yet we still believe we can do it. And it's not just sport. It's other things. I drive through the Perry Bar Roadworks every day. It's horrendous. 
But what was the expectation of our local authority? We will deliver this by December 2021. Was it delivered? Of course it wasn't. Now it's, we will deliver this by March the 31st. Will it be delivered? No. I think they'll be lucky if they get to the Commonwealth Games and it's finished. You see, what they've got is expectations that don't match the reality of the situation. It's never going to happen. So why create an expectation that it would? We do the same in church. We place expectations that never come to reality because they were never going to happen, but actually our expectation is far more than the reality of a given situation. We do exactly the same in family life. We place upon people things that we hope will happen, and actually there's no evidence it's ever going to happen. Worst of all, our expectations rob us of the, of the chance of fully appreciating the reality and valuing what we already have. Think about that for a minute. Our expectations rob us of the chance of valuing and cherishing what we already have. So rather than expecting this, perhaps we should see this and appreciate this. Rather than looking for this to happen, perhaps we should value what we already have around us. Isn't that what was happening with John the Baptist? John the Baptist couldn't see the great work that Jesus was doing. The miracles, the, the gracious conversations of forgiveness. He couldn't see that because his expectation was that the Messiah would come in judgment and victory and deliverance. And because he was clouded with this expectation, he didn't see the reality, the actuality. I think sometimes we focus so much on something we want, we don't save you what we have. We focus on what we want rather than saving, savouring what we already have. Friends, this Lent, let's give up on some of these unrealistic expectations. Let's give up on some of the narrow-minded expectations we have of God. And let's widen our minds and our heart to see what God is actually doing. Let's not imprison ourselves with views of God that are too narrow, that don't allow him to be all that he can be. But most of all, today, may we each savour what we have in the present moment and let's give up, give up being dragged into a future that we don't yet have. Let's save you what we have rather than be dragged in a future that we're not yet there. We have high expectations. Sometimes we have our higher expectations of others than we place upon ourselves as well. Well, 
Most of all, today, may we see Jesus for who he is. May we see what he's doing. And may we not imprison ourselves in such a way that we can't see God in his completeness. Let's pray together. Father, expectation is a challenging thing. We all have them. We have expectations of you. We have thoughts about who you are to us, what you will do for us, what you can be for us. Sometimes those expectations are not realistic. Sometimes they're just certainly not based on any form of scriptural evidence or anything like that. And so, Lord, today we just want to pray that each of us will have a view of you that's not too narrow, that actually can just appreciate you for who you are. And I pray, Lord, today that we will have expectations of each other that are equally realistic and that we will place upon each other expectations that we'd expect of ourselves. Most of all, on this day of thanksgiving, I pray that we will savour what we have in the present. That we won't be encouraged to, to think of a future we don't yet have, but actually savour what we have. Lord, today, may we give upon the false expectations and instead may we have the expectation of God that is true and real. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.